Hello and welcome to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize, a podcast about the business side of being a creative. My name is Chris Scott. My name is Atish. And in this week's episode, we review and analyze Charlie Holmes' PDF book, Recession Proof Graduate. So how was work today? <sighs> okay. So here's my thing about work. I've realized that there's a part of myself that um, just gets bored really quickly and like that's definitely not a good thing you know what I mean like that's that's and I've I've tried to think like or I tried to shift the blame on somebody else uh-huh. and, namely that somebody else being like my workplace right that um uh like oh I'm just not being challenged enough or my skills aren't being completely utilized or it's just not you know whatever like I've just already got this job or whatever but I think I figured out it has something to do with myself internally and I think that I'm you know uh I forget who coined the term but I think I'm what's uh from Pretentious? here on out <laughs> No that has nothing to do with the workplace uh uh entitled uh, entitled kind of probably, but, um, I mean, yeah, actually, uh, that's a, that's a good segue to, uh, Charlie Helm's book, but, um, but no, 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 I'm, uh, I'm an achievement junkie. Okay. Meaning that the only thing that really motivates me, I mean, money obviously motivates me pretty well as well, but the only thing that really motivates me to, you know, push really hard or like think or be excited about my work or whatever is the idea of like kind of checking off boxes and gaining new skills and like being able to be the guy who like closes this big deal or like always moving forward. You know what I mean? Uh And that's why when I really kind of get the feel for a job and now the novelty is worn off and I'm working at it, but you kind of, you go through a period of time where you, at first you're learning everything and you're adopting everything. So that's like exponential growth. You're going through this. I could draw a chart about this if you'd want. No, thank you. No, thank you. Um, but, uh, but basically you, you go through this exponential growth in the beginning and then somewhere around like six months, you've kind of learned the functions of your job and now you just are kind of doing the day to day, but there probably are still some like challenges presenting and stuff like that. But then the further you go on, if there isn't any new stuff, you know, kind of coming in, by the time you get close to a year, I think you've seen it all, so to speak. I mean, it obviously depends on your particular work. But for me right now, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so it's just like the day doesn't really offer that much of a challenge. And, and the stuff you're doing today is kind of the same as the stuff you were doing yesterday. And the people around you are boring as shit. And, uh, and, uh, the meetings you go to, you're just like, why is everyone concerned about this? Like, like today I had an hour long meeting and we couldn't even get through the material because some people kept asking questions about like tax information and all this like nitty gritty bullshit that doesn't actually matter. Like it does not matter, but because it's like in their world, they want to just focus exclusively on that. And now we can't get through. Now we have to schedule a meeting for next week as well. And that's the problem with having too many people at your meetings. Uh-huh. But anyways, the point being that, like, I think that's why I kind of maybe that's I, I don't know if that's what falls into a quote unquote entrepreneurial mindset. 
But I think that might be one quality, which is that I kind of, like, I just always need some new insurmountable task to be working towards. And if I don't have that, then I get really bored easy. Like, if I have learned everything that the job, like, I have all the skills I need to successfully do my job currently. And I've only been there for seven, eight months. Mm -hmm. So now, like, if I'm not learning and if I'm not growing, then what the hell am I doing? You're working, man. Yeah, exactly. I'm just a cog who just, like, I just produce and then numbers get crunched and then, you know, deals get made and money trades hands, not into my hands, but somebody's hands. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of where it's at. Whereas I think if you entirely run a business yourself or if you, like, do your own work, then I don't think that ever kind of stagnates i don't know what, what do you think like do you no it's 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 the same thing man but you're just not working for anybody else really yeah so imagine if you were running this company yourself mm -hmm. and you were doing the same thing over and over again every day but what, i don't think i would be uh doing the same thing every day oh but you kind of are if you think about it <laughs> i mean be what I, in theory but what, what you want to do when you grow up is you want to like assess problems and solve them right right yeah the problems will change but your job's gonna be the same and i'm sure you're gonna reach a point where you're gonna see the same problems over and over again and not be challenged by them because the solution is gonna be the same hmm yeah i mean that's true i mean how is it for you like you are are you kind of are you ever bored with the work that you do uh i think what happens when you work for yourself uh you're not allowed to be bored because the stakes are higher so like if you don't show up to work tomorrow, that's fine. Someone can cover for you. Right. But if I don't show up to work tomorrow, I don't have, you know, income for the month. Mm. Like I'm going to lose that next paycheck that, or I might lose this client from coming back ever again. That type of thing. It's not, uh, everything's not set in stone. Everything's always on the edge of work or no work. And you're always living in that zone and the stakes are way higher because you might not get paid this month. Right. I mean, that's, that's sort of the thing. Like, um, that, but that's kind of what I mean. Like you might be working. I kind of lost my train of thought on this, but there was something cogent. And but no, I, I totally understand, you know, just showing up and just going through the motions, showing up and going through the motions and how it doesn't feel satisfying right. or fulfilling. No, but I, I feel like at any job you do or any, line of work you do is going to be some of that on some level or there's just going to be boring stuff that you don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's definitely true. So, I mean, it, it's like this whole, it's always greener on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. And, and I think that's also like a mentality that I suffer from a lot, like not just in terms of work, but in terms of a lot of stuff like, Oh man, things would be great if only blank. Right. And then when you get that, it's like, Oh, it's not that great. Right. Or it's just the same stuff, but different. Exactly. So you're saying I need to find satisfaction with my life outside of the job that I do? <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't be looking to work to fulfill your life. What's what is that? <laughs> no, you should find fulfillment in, you know, you know, friendships and relationships and travel and experiences, not your nine to five. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. So maybe I'm also just asking too much out of my job, basically. 
Well, I don't know. You're setting it up just to uh, let you down. So that way when you decide to move on, it's easier. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> you know how you put like high expectations on certain things and then they always let you down? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's just kind of where I'm at today because I, I recognized that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I actually even – like could there be something that I would want out of this current job that would make me want to continue? And th- it's it's just really sort of unclear um, what wh- – like I, I can't conceive of anything that that would possibly be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like where where could that go exactly? I don't know. I'm not sure, man. Yeah, but I don't know. How's uh, how's everything been for you? You've been uh, shooting, right? We did one day of shooting, and we were short staffed. We were short about three people. Mm-hmm. But we still did pretty well. We were like able to in uh, front of the camera or behind it. Uh, behind. Okay. Luckily, we had enough actors show up. <laughs> yeah. To make that all happen, to do all the scenes, mm-hmm. but um, we lost the DP, the one I was nervous about last week. Yeah, uh, the reason why he was acting so weird is because he wanted to uh, uh, back out in person. Yeah, yeah. But trying to uh, get that time to do line that. up uh, took way longer than it should have. Mm. Uh, so uh, I'm uh, shooting this myself, all by myself. And luckily, he's still letting me use his camera, but I had to rent a recorder. Mm. So there's a little extra cost there. Yeah. But, uh, extra from the budget. But uh, it took us a little bit to set up. It took a little longer to set up, and it took a little longer to figure out how to juggle those two hats and also everything else. Yeah. And we were shooting on a weird day, and everybody was out of it because it was a Thursday. And... Everyone was like, oh, I was up late last night. I only got like two hours of sleep. So everybody was just like zoned out the whole day. Oh, Christ. But all in all, everything went well. We shot everything. Everything looked great. Uh, the locations were cool. And mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. Good. And you're, and you're optimistic about the next few days of shooting. I'm not excited about Sunday yet. And I should be. What? Why? What happens Sunday? Sunday is... The big day, we're doing all the stunts with the motorcycles. Mm. And we're going out to this racetrack on the outskirts of Tucson, mm-hmm. out by the fairgrounds. And uh, it's going to be a hot day. That's, there's like a 100-degree 100, 100 streak happening uh-huh. here next week, and it's starting on Sunday. Of course it is. <laughs> of course so, it is. And we're going to be out there all day long. And Damn. I'm just I'm worried about... People overheating, gear overheating, and not getting all the shots that we need. Do you have a contingency plan? Well, we just have to go back on another day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing else to do, right? Yeah, there's nothing else Nothing else we can do. Damn. Well, uh, fingers crossed that you get all the shots you need. Nobody overheats and uh, none of your gear overheats. I, I like... was. The, the idea of that, because my phone is a piece of shit, but at least I have it on, um, like, the insurance plan, so I can always just go get a new one for cheap or re- reduced cost anyways. But it's like, right. how do you – do you have a warranty on a $10,000 camera? I Well, I you would get production insurance, and then you would file a claim if you need to. 
and do you have production insurance? I should. <laughs> yeah. Enough said. But it's, it's one of those things where um, I'm sure the guy that owns the camera has production or insurance on the camera, but uh, every production should have their own insurance as well. Mm. And when you're small time indie producing, you know, small projects, sometimes it's, it's a cost, extra costs that you just can't afford. Right. No, just true. Yeah. I mean, I, that's the whole problem with budgeting is that how it, how far you go with it because you can always get more insurance for shit or more like, oh, just in case or whatever, but now your budget is twice as much what you originally slated. I mean, Right, right. Yeah. And for well, a short film, I'm sure we'll be fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. It'll be every, everything will be fine. I would have gotten insurance if we got the pyrotechnician guy to work with mm. us because that would have been somebody getting lit on fire. Right. And I would have paid for insurance on that day. Yeah, that's probably pretty crucial. Do you, do you have anyone? So you've got a pyrotechnics guy, but did you actually have somebody who would be willing to get lit on fire? He would have taken all care of all that. Oh, okay. Okay. He would, okay. He would have found the guy and all that fun stuff. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. But now we're doing it all digitally. 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 Nice. Well, uh, yeah. Fucking great, man. And uh, every, so everything's on track, sort of? Everything's on track. Everything is falling into place. Beautiful. And how are the edits coming on the first short? Uh, they're kind of on hold till this one's done shooting. Right. You can't, uh, you can't do both, really. Right. Got There's it. just no time, man. There's just no time. No time. Well, speaking of no time, I guess I kind of gave you an extra assignment uh, while you have no time. But uh, did you read Charlie Hone's book? I did PDF. So, because it's not that time consuming, it's a short PDF. It's a short. It's a short read. It's not that time consuming. No, I was able to read it and go through it all. Nice. So, I don't know exactly. Like my introduction to Charlie Hone is probably not because I know he gave a TED talk that was pretty big, um, and he's done some other stuff. Like I think he talks about other, like campaigns and stuff like that that he's worked on. But I first heard of him. Um, through, do you know who Tucker Max is? Is Tucker Max the uh, frat guy? He's the I hope they serve beer in hell guy. I hope they serve beer in hell. That's the the thing I was trying to get to. Yeah, yeah. No, I could tell. You, you were on the right track. Frat guy, basically. He was never in a frat, but he started the whole trend of frat tire. Ah. Uh, yeah. That, like that, that, uh, I guess that's a, I, I don't want to say literary because that I think is kind of not insulting, but it's, uh, diminutive to uh literature but you get that tire frat tire yeah it's not i like i wouldn't call it literature you know well i I mean it technically is i don't know you you get what i'm saying sure so i first heard of charlie hone because he was on tucker max's podcast talking about um is tucker max still alive yeah he started a company actually called um he started a company called Book in a Box, which is basically where you take you, you like do this extensive um, extensive interview process with somebody who wants to write a book, but they just haven't like they just don't know how and they just can't get off the ground with it and all that kind of stuff. So they do this extensive interview process, and then a ghostwriter puts together their book, basically. Oh, fun! It's like, yeah, it's a whole kit process, like um, like. Given like those, like those home brewing kits. 
Yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> if that helps. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, but but you will get a book that is completed and it's uh, published and it has a I don't know a book jacket <laughs> or I don't know what goes into having a book and um, and then you uh, and then you can sell it on Amazon or sell it at a bookstore if those even exist anymore. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So he started um, that company and then that company has. He started as the CEO and founder, but then he fired himself because he was like, oh, we could be doing so much better if we had someone with more experience at the wheel. And then he subsequently sold it, and I think the company is called Scribe now. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's doing pretty well. Big proponent of um, simultaneously things that I do believe in but also don't believe in. Like, for instance, he's a big proponent of, like, working out and stuff, which – Hey, of course I'm a big proponent of, but he's also a proponent of CrossFit, which I think lifting as much weight as you possibly can, as fast as you can, is a recipe for getting injured. So I'm not a big CrossFit fan. I'm not also not a fan of people who really do CrossFit all that much. Okay, okay. And he's also a fan of, um, he, he kind of believes in that um, like Mark Zuckerberg, Steve Jobs sort of thing, where they... Uh, where you wear the same thing basically every day because then you don't use any decision-making ability so that then later in the day when you have key decisions because they think that decision-making ability is finite, so that later in the day... Yeah, you can only make four decisions a day. Yeah, obviously, right? No, that, that whole thing is bullshit because it's like, oh, it, it's the same thing as when people are like, oh, well, I need to... Uh, I need to you know, give myself little concessions here so that then later when I need to go to the gym or like diet, right? Like I, don't, I have a finite amount of decision-making power. It's like, no, you don't. Actually, mm -hmm. I think the inverse is true. I think that uh, the more positive decisions you make right away, the more likely you are to make positive decisions later. You know what I mean? So if I go through the trouble of waking up extra early to make sure I can get dressed in a proper way or I can like eat right or I can do whatever, the more likely I am to stick to that throughout the entire day. As opposed to if I kind of like half-ass it right at the beginning, it's like, no, you're, you're not setting a good pace for what the rest of the day is supposed to be. Right. But, you know, that's also personal philosophy. I've got no backing towards that. Anyways, I heard uh, – so Charlie Hone was on his podcast and he was originally talking about kind of marketing principles and stuff. But then they, then Tucker Max started a different podcast that was all about like, you know, helping uh, nerdy guys or guys who are not that great with women meet women and all that kind of stuff. And okay. Charlie Hone was a guest on that as well. So anyways, that led me to finding um, this PDF because, because it is available online. We can, we can post the link. That it, I think I have already in last week's show notes. Oh, did you? Yeah. Perfect. Well, there you go. Like, um, it's and it's a quick and easy read. It's called the Recession Proof Graduate, um, and I kind of wish that I had found this earlier, to be honest. Oh, really? Although, also to be honest, people have been telling me the same thing for a long time. It's just exactly what you said. I think a couple podcasts ago. Where you're like, uh, oh, well, you know, it, the message has to come just at the right time and by the right vehicle. Otherwise, right. Uh -huh. you, you tend to just, like, overlook it. Exactly. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. But um, but I, I think you're I, – I don't know. So so what do you think? Should I, should I give a little synopsis or 
Well, let's go through all the steps. There's six steps in it, right? Uh, correct. I believe so. I don't have my computer in front of me, so I can't look at any notes or anything. Okay, well, let me very delicately type this because I'm trying very hard not to move my laptop. <laughs> so I can very delicately type it into my careful. search bar. Very careful. careful. I'm kind of like um, uh, in Indiana Jones when he's like getting the, the gold head and he's gently shifting the sack and Alfred Molina's in the corner going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Oh, hey, there's a Tucker. There's a Tucker Max quote, actually, in the introduction. Oh, interesting. It says, bringing value to someone you want to work for is the best way to get noticed. Charlie Hone mastered this concept in The Recession Proof Graduate, and I would highly recommend you read it if this is a path you want to take. So... That kind of actually gives a good summary about what this is about. So, uh, The Recession-Proof Graduate, How to Land the Job You Want by Doing Free Work. And I think you and I had originally talked about free work kind of as a concept um, uh-huh. uh, when we were talking about Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Did uh, Way back when? Way back when. I don't remember. Yeah, but- we were, I think we were talking about like jab, jab, hook. You know what I mean? Like, we're basically, we're going to do free shit, we're going to do free shit, we're going to do free shit, then we're going to charge. Yeah. I think that was a different uh, setting. I don't know. No, no, Dif- totally. Different. Uh, Application. Fr- right. It's, you know, giving away free stuff, you know, in your content, I think is more of what, along the lines of what Vaynerchuk was talking about. But this guy is all about finding the job that you want to work for, do when you grow up calling the company you want to work for and say, hey, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm really good at. Let me uh, do it for free for two weeks. Right. Right. No, exactly. And I kind of think um, there's a lot of steps here in a sense. or, or So there, there are steps to the book. And I think even in the, the, the introduction sort of lays the groundwork. And in in the introduction, he's basically saying that there's a ton of people who also all have degrees and everyone, we've got an expanding uh, workforce and degrees are kind of meaning less and less because so many people are getting them. And so what is going to make you stand out, essentially? And I think the other part to that is what you brought up, which is actually figuring out what you want to do, like Mm -hmm. just giving yourself the time, the space, and also the energy to kind of suss out. Like, what What am I trying to accomplish? What am I trying to do? What do I like doing? What am I naturally good at? Those sorts of questions. And I think that's exactly kind of where I fucked up. Like, I fucked up right from the get-go. Because I didn't concern myself with what I actually wanted to do. I concerned myself with what I thought I should do. And that's why my philosophy, you know, in college and then especially directly out of college was way warped. Uh-huh. Like... I just assume that the only way to get a comfortable life or make a comfortable wage or whatever, which, and right there in that sentence, it's like, why was I focusing so hard on that? You know what I mean? But like, I was so concerned about, you know, the picket fence and the 2.5 car garage that I just assumed I had to get a degree in science and then eventually get a PhD in science. Uh And, uh, yeah, I think that kind of thought process and also just believing, you know, no offense to my dad, he's a super smart guy. 
but he only understands what it is to be a scientist. Like his father was a, was a PhD in chem chemistry. Uh -huh. My father is a PhD in chemistry and then turned into the head of the physics department because I guess chemistry wasn't hiring. So he, <laughs> he went to physics, but the point being that he, he only knows that world. So I was looking for advice on how to make steps outside of that from somebody who only knows it from the inside, uh -huh. which that's another mistake. And that's, and that's not on my dad. He doesn't know anything about anything else. So he was like, oh, just keep going with education and keep, you know, whatever. But he, he doesn't really know anything about that. So and especially not, you know, he's close to 70 now. So that means when he went to college, you know, it was a long time ago, way different economic and political climate than it is now. Right. So I think even, um, but step zero is kind of a good way to ground ourselves again, which is stop acting entitled to a paycheck. And uh, I think that's something that I, I, in a sense, need to start. That that like even applies to me now, in a sense. Uh huh. In that I get so kind of focused and verklempt on you know making a buck. And, and how am I going to make this much money? And I kind of made the assumption, taking this job, that if I take this job for this much money now... You'll be making more year, in a year. Right, exactly. I'll and, get a promotion and make 10% more. Right. And while that's not necessarily a bad thing to think, it doesn't get... That's something you can only think when you're already on track for what you want to do. You know, like, okay, I want to gain some experience in this. So let me work there. And sure, my pay right now might suck, but I'll make more next year. Uh -huh. But when you're not on track with what you already want to do, then you're just kind of shooting yourself in the foot. Or at the very least, you're kind of taking some time away. Right. Because I, I just get so focused on the money of it all and like making sure, okay, I want to make sure by 30 I'm making a damn decent paycheck. But it actually doesn't get me any closer to either. It doesn't get me closer to what I want to do, and it doesn't get me closer to making that big paycheck for two reasons that he kind of delineates in here, actually. Number one, it doesn't get me any closer to anything I want to do because I'm not gaining experience in something that's relevant to what I want to do. Mm -hmm. number, number two, if I'm not doing something that I actually really give a fuck about, then my best work is never going to show. He says that somewhere in here. I forget where, but my best work is never going to come out of me. And uh, then I'm really, there's untapped potential there that I could be actually earning more money on. So realistically, I'm not really doing either of those things. Uh huh. So that brings us to step one. Well, and, this, uh, the thing about step zero that I thought was cool or mm -hmm. eye opening or uh, enlightening, I guess, is um, this was written back in what, 2007, 2008? Uh, yeah, 2007, I believe. Back when there was a huge recession. Yes. And everybody was losing jobs left and right. Nobody could mm -hmm. find work. And he was entering a workforce where he was, you know, following the steps he was taught his entire life. You know, get an education, get a degree, go out and get your job. Right, exactly. And he happened to finish college right at a point where there were no jobs anywhere. Mm -hmm. like people were getting laid off of their, you know... CEO, yada, 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 jobs and getting jobs at Target just to bring in a little bit of money. Yeah. If, if even the CEOs are getting fired, then that's how you know it's, it's desperate times. And they're, you know, taking jobs at, you know, assistant manager at Fry's or something. Yeah. 
And uh, it was a bad time. And I think we all wish it, it could be a time uh, where you could just, you know, say you want something and it just happens. I mean, that's the American dream, right? Mm-hmm. We're in America. You can make anything happen. And you just got to dream it. And it's a, it just becomes a reality. Right. But it's nobody ever talks about the work you need to do to get to the dream job. And so I think what this step one is doing is it's telling you, hey, you're not just going to go out and get your job right away. Right. You need to kind of uh, not like prove yourself, but like figure out what you really want to do and then go after that specific thing. Right. And that was another kind of fallacy that I was making that I also, and we covered this a little bit in the episode, uh, I think it's called Let's Get Loud. Oh, and I wanted you to, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. I went through college and also high school and everything and kind of like, I still sort of do this. Now I, I don't, but I very recently used to where I put in this hard work or like I get good grades or I do lots of good projects or lots of blah, 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 whatever at work, but I don't advertise it or I don't like, you know, I just assume, oh, they're going to notice how good I am. Uh It's it's never going to work like that. Never does. You you need to express yourself. You need to put yourself out there in a way that people will uh, respond or or resonate with. You can't just expect things to come to you. You have to go out and get it. Right. And so in that regard, and in both in both sort of regards, I, I feel like, you know, I kind of have a little bit of entitlement, not intentional entitlement, but I sort of assume that people are going to notice how great I am, how quickly I get these projects done, how accurate, how blah, 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 revenue generating, et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. But nobody's like that. No. It's like nobody's going to notice how good of a filmmaker you are if you don't go out and put on a murder mystery night and screen your goddamn movie. Right. If no one ever sees them, no one's going to ever know how awesome they are. Exactly. Ha ha ha. No, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, that's what, that's what I thought was great about step zero. It's, it's, you know, I, I worked with some kids on like TV shows and stuff and they're like, I'm not going to do any work for free. My time is worth money. My skills are worth money. And they're all these kids, and it's like, all right, man, cool. Yeah, you yeah, know, best, exactly. best of luck, luck to you. And I'm not saying that you have to do free work to get anywhere. I feel like, uh, especially out here in the creative world, you're going to do favors for people, and those are going to pay off in the future if you do the right favors for the right person. Yeah. And if it's something that you enjoy doing and something that you can use to showcase your skills and talents, uh, it's okay to do it for free once in a while. Yeah, ex- exactly. And that actually brings us to uh, step one. Choose a few areas you'd like to work in and a few people you'd like to work with. And uh, the first line, the first line in the, um, the first line in that chapter t- pretty much summarizes what we just, or what I covered about myself personally. Uh-huh. This is the first real step, and I know a lot of people struggle with it. Many of us get out of college and realize we majored in something we don't even really care about. (laughs) But he says, you can sidestep your way into almost any industry if you meet the right people and you work with them. Mm -hmm. So I I kind of – I think that's what, you know, makes you and I sort of distinctly different characters sort of but we're trying to meet in the middle at the same place because 
what happened, like for me, I ended up, I'm very technically qualified, but again, in something I don't really care about, but then I never actually took the time. I never gave myself the time because I'm so worried about, oh no, got to make a good paycheck by 30, you know, whatever. I never gave myself the time to actually figure out what I really want. Mm -hmm. And then conversely, I mean, you just sort of kind of knew that you wanted to do that, right? Well, I, I knew I wanted to work in the film industry, uh-huh. but I didn't know what or how to right. do it. Yeah. And I only knew the same path that everybody else takes. Move to L.A., move to New York. Right, yeah. Become a PA, work your way up. And I knew I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So I just had to figure out another way to do it. And it just took me this long to figure it out. So, so you were kind of coming from a background of knowing what you want, but being very unclear about the trajectory in which to do it because you were taking kind of an uncommon or, or the path less traveled. Yeah. I think that I was not willing to take the path. Everyone travels. Right. Yeah. And I would meet, uh, I would hang out with friends in LA and they'd be like, Oh, you got to move out here, man. And you got to live in that crappy apartment in Hollywood and with three roommates, and that's still 600 bucks a month in a really crappy apartment. And then you have to work your way up. Yeah. And do your due diligence in LA. Ugh. And it made me four think. 405. Uh, yeah, 405, man. <laughs> and it made me think, why? Why do I want to do that? That doesn't sound great. Yeah. No, it does not. To quote um, Charlie Hone. Stay true to yourself and be mercilessly honest about what you really want. If you know the career path you're walking on will eventually squelch your interests, your desired lifestyle, or your ability to have fun, just move on. Hmm. Easier said than done, but I can appreciate it. Boom. So step three, uh, build your online presence. And this is something you also have been telling me for a long time. This is something that uh, I, I was talking with my buddy Jaime about this. Uh, mm-hmm. so this, the short film we're working on, I kind of want to take it to Netflix or something to like pitch it as a show. Really? But if Netflix were to Google me, what are they, what's going to pop up? Cause I have like the most generic name ever. Oh yeah. So true. what do I need to do? I need to maybe, uh, uh, boost my online presence for my production company and yeah. try and get my production company on a lot of people's blogs or websites or something just so there's when you google it it's not just my website or some dinky little pinterest page because i claimed all of my social medias with the business handle (laughs) yeah i mean essentially that's that's kind of a lot of what because i have the reverse problem but in multiple ways Uh so I'm very easily Googleable. Googled? I'm very easily Googled, uh-huh. meaning that when you even just, if you probably just put my first name, you might still get me. But if you put my first and last name, you get me 100%. Like I'm the top result. Right. The problem is, is unlike you, I haven't done shit with my online presence. So we're kind of two sides to the same coin. You've actually put out content and done stuff, but you're very hard to Google and you've gone under the moniker Focus Scout and Elephant Scout. So 
people aren't going to be able to find that. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, how do I, how do I figure that out? So I'm trying to think of a game plan for that, but I think it is important. Yeah. I mean, everyone gets Googled nowadays. There's just no way around it. Yeah. I mean, it, for, for your industry, is IMDB that important or no? I think so. But it also, it's like, uh, IMDB is one of those things where people either love it or they hate it, but it's mm. also, it's like one of the most, uh, high traffic sites out there. Yeah. A lot of people go there for their movie references. Right. Uh, when we were talking with, uh, Matt Van Hosen, he was telling me he had a meeting with IMDB because they're going to start creating their own content because really? their tra- traffic is so high. They're like, why not create our own trap, our own content? That's pretty smart. And I thought that was an interesting move on their part. Yeah, but I'm really, uh, I'm really curious what, uh, what, uh, what IMDb's content would be like. Same here. I think it would be something you know, like a Hulu or an Amazon. Their original content. How sometimes it's mm-hmm. really good, but sometimes it's not. Yeah, 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 true. Or how like some of those Netflix originals are just fine. Yeah, some of them are passable, mm-hmm. you know. But but a couple of them, like I think uh, BoJack Horseman, really stands out. But I'm also, you know, the, that's entirely up my alley. Right. Um. So yeah, what what Charlie Hone says is, I was able to effectively bury my bad results with good ones by having a blog, signing up for various social networking sites, and putting out content that reflected pretty well on who I am as a person. So if you're not Chris Scott, then you know you might <laughs> that though that kind of an effort might actually be pretty useful advice. Right. Um. For Chris Scott, that's still going to be pretty difficult. Be, so if your name's John Smith, that'll, that'll still be kind of challenging. Yeah, I think, but I think the thing is you're trying to uh, put, for, put yourself this – is, this is your chance to control your appearance. You know, right. This is your first impression basically. And what do you want to put out there yeah. first? When people look you up, what do you want them to see first? And if you can figure out a way to get the good stuff on top, I think that's where the, the moneymakers happen. Yeah, no, definitely. Or like, uh, what happens if you search Chris Scott film or something? I have no idea. And I can't look because I don't have my computer. Oh, right. You don't. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll just, I'll just Google the shit out of you. Oh, then. thank you. Yeah. But I mean, basically, this this falls into uh, our talk on uh, Let's Get Loud. Uh-huh. Uh, make sure you have a presence and make sure you're putting out there what you're doing because otherwise people you know you're doing going- it. Right. Otherwise, because you're not going to get recognized for just for silently doing good right. work. Right. People are going to notice a good work and they're going to appreciate that, but they're not going to know that you did it. You have to make that right. Known. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So, and then he he kind of like walks you through how to like start a blog and how to do all that kind of stuff. Um. Step four, you're you're the guru at this. Uh, find a way to pay the bills. Cut costs. Find a way to pay the bills. Yeah. So essentially, exactly kind of what you... Th- this is a truism that you said uh, about before I moved here, which is essentially that you, do, you don't have time with a full-time job because l- figuring out what you want to do and getting good at that and allocating those skills, that is a full-time job. Uh-huh. You don't... You can't... Or at least it's very difficult to do that with another full-time job. So finding a 
a way basically to make money on the side. I mean, I don't know how you've been doing that for a, a while, like just getting paid gigs in between stuff. Basically. Right. Well, it's all about doing work that can pay you enough to survive off of. So you have time to pursue the things you want to do. Right. Exactly. So, exactly. so I mean, you probably could have done it if you were, you know, bartending twice a week. Right. And that, and that's the thing I got way too sucked into that fucking nonsense because I was so concerned about making money. Yeah. yeah. Which it's a, it's a trap. It's a trap kids. I don't, I don't care what you, what you think the service industry is a trap, but if you treat it like it is, then, you know, it's a stepping stone. You, yeah, exactly. You just, if you just use it like an ATM, perfect. Uh-huh. But if you start getting really tied into how much cash you're making, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I kind of want to work five nights a week. Nope. You're done. You are done. Yeah, they, that's a tough, that's a tough one to work, but it's worth working. If you work, if you do it well, if you're a good server and a yeah. good restaurant, it's Ex- worth it. Yeah, and, and if you know how to balance your time, like if you're very strict about your time management, you might be you might be onto something. But yeah, so it's yeah, I mean, so that's a it's a tough one to figure out how to work and live and survive, but still have time to do the things you want to do. It's definitely a hard. But balance. you also have to get to a point where you need to be okay not living this hoity-toity high-rise lifestyle and you know and just exactly. living uh simply very with mm-hmm. you, as with low means as possible to pursue something that you really want to do there's some crazy quote yeah. somewhere it's like live two years how nobody wants to to live the life everybody wants hmm. I, I, yeah yeah i mean basically i don't know yeah. if that's a proper quote but i've i remember seeing something similar to that yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's along it's, those lines. It's all sure. about enduring the really tough times. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. Um, and, and that's another thing. That's, that's why, you know, you have to manage. Uh, it's, it's always easiest if you only have to manage your own expectations, mm-hmm. simply put. Like, because uh, I could live in a room with, you know, uh, or I could live in a house with four other roommates and be totally fine. But it's totally different if you like have to worry about someone else's needs and expectations as right, well. Right. So simplify, simplify, and then get after your shit, which brings us to step five, which um, actually is something that really kind of turned my, my way of thinking around. Uh, research your target, then reach out to them. Um, I think Tim Ferriss, like in his book, The 4-Hour Workweek, talks about how he, when he was giving a guest lecture at Stanford, he was talking about like, oh, if you can get me an interview with somebody famous, you know, whatever, I'll buy you up a, uh, I'll buy any one of you a, uh, a, f- a fully paid uh, round trip ticket around, like wherever you uh-huh. want. And nobody even tried to do it because everyone just assumed it was impossible. Everyone was just like, oh, well, famous people don't reach out, all that kind of stuff. And it's not even about famous people, but I realized, like, the job that I got now, the reason that I got it was because I called the office, and I was just like, hey, I was thinking about applying for this job. Who's the hiring manager so I can address my cover letter personally? I always just like to address it personally. Uh And And that was it. Like all, all it was, was just doing, uh, and that was like bare bones research for something that I'm not even that crazy passionate about or anything. Right. Like that. And that's what Matt was bringing up that one time he was in. He's like, they're not, 
that unaccessible, you can reach out to people. Yeah, you just exactly. gotta find out he, who he you was, need to talk to and reach out to them personally. Yeah, and he was talking about like in in that regard, LinkedIn is a really superior tool because you can find. I mean, if you're trying to get into just that sort of like corporate level stuff, you can find the people that you need to find on LinkedIn uh-huh. and just chat with them, just talk to them, ask them questions, that sort of thing. It's it's I don't know. I mean that that's kind of changed my process. So for me, I kind of had to read about this and learn that this like research and reaching out isn't that big of a deal or isn't that exclusive or daunting. And that kind of affected my thoughts on step one, uh-huh. like figuring out what I want to do and whatever, because now it's like, Oh, okay. Or, or finding, finding out how one does, you know what they do. It's like, Oh, I can just ask somebody. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't like. I just always, I always assumed that wasn't an option. But, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of changed my uh, changed my way of thinking about how I am gonna kind of try and get what I want in a sense. D- yeah, man, just do it. And he he gives like a in in the in the thing he gives like a kind of a form letter or something that like you know is kind of basically not a not to be used as a template but like as an example of like hey look this is how easy it is just like talk to people uh show that you've done your homework on whatever it is they do or whatever it is you want to do and then demonstrate how you could be valuable essentially if you have some ideas and and that's that's me all over i've got lots of ideas execution that's a whole nother thing (laughs) but i've got lots of ideas (laughs) Anyways, we are on the last step, and this is the this is the Chris Scott specialty, I think. What's that? Step six: transition to paid work. No, it's not. I don't know. <laughs> don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. Yeah, me neither. That's the thing I need to figure out how to do better. Yeah. I mean, I agreed because now that I'm starting to like, I'm basically starting to think about how to transition to this type of work or doing this, doing this process essentially to get myself into the paid industry that I want to be in it. Uh, this, this seems like the, the hardest. Well, I don't know which seems more difficult to you getting free work with somewhere that you actually want to work for or, or someone or something or whatever, or transitioning to paid work. I think transitioning to paid work because it's, uh, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but that whole, uh, I've been doing this for free. Why would you ever want to pay me to do it now that I've done it for free, you know? Right, right. And But yeah, I think the thing with the free work, doing the free work for free, is you need to provide some sort of result or some product that is above and beyond any expectation Right. That person ever could dream of. Yeah, exactly. If you make sure your stuff is exceptional, people will 100% of the time pay for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it, if it really is truly exceptional, I mean, that's kind of the idea. And that's, that's of course the difficult part. But I think what he says earlier on in the book is like, if you are working for free, uh, on something smaller end or, or, you know, one, one part of it, their expectations are naturally going to be a little bit lower. Because you're not, if you were expecting a salary, then of course their expectations are higher. So it shouldn't be altogether too difficult if you are skilled and if you are constantly, if you are building up your skill base and, and something desirable but also difficult. 
it shouldn't be altogether too difficult to exceed their expectations. Right. But, I mean, that's, again, easier said than done. Easier said than done. And I think, I guess it all depends on also what you're trying to do uh, when you grow up, what you want to be when you grow up. Yeah. I know uh, a lot of, let's say, nonprofits here in town expect free stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. And even businesses and local businesses, they all expect things to just magically happen. And yeah. uh, they want, you know, a million dollar commercial produced for, you know, 500 bucks and it's just <laughs> not going to happen. No. And then Definitely if not. you produce a video for them, you know, a well-produced video, even then it's like, oh, we're going to use this forever. And they just use the same video for 10 years. Right. And they don't want to pay for an update. Right. So yeah. it's, it's like, uh, I don't know how I need to figure out how to create a, some sort of video product that is so unique and so productive and provides so much to a company or a nonprofit or a person to make yeah. it worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that, that does seem like kind of an awkward, what, what did we say last week? Uncanny Valley. Uncanny Valley. Yeah. Um, it, that does seem like an uncanny Valley, but he gives you another kind of like form letter, basically like a template that gives you an example of, um, how you would kind of bridge that gap. Um, what does it say? The, the whole thing. Yeah. So it says, here's what you can say. Hi. And then it says client's name. We've been working together for blank number of weeks now, and I'm thrilled with everything we've accomplished so, so far. Since we first started, we've, and then list the results you've driven for their business, goals you've hit, impact, etc. I've also learned some priceless lessons along the way, like, etc., etc. Uh -huh. The whole experience has been invaluable to me, and I really appreciate you giving me a fair shot. My free trial run is coming to an end, but I would love to keep working with you. Going forward, I will continue working on projects that will move you towards your goals and help bring your business to the next level. In fact, the next project I'd love to tackle is, and then some next idea that you know will be valuable, the only change, of course, is that I would like to be charging for my services from this point forward. Are you still interested in working together on a paid basis? Please let me know what you think. Either way, I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity, and I wish you all the best in the future. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I, I kind of really like the phrasing here, um, or, or especially the idea, in fact, the next project I'd love to tackle is, boom. If you've exceeded your expe their expectations on the first you know, round of stuff, they might see, like, oh, shit, we didn't even think about that, that next thing or what, whatever he's trying to tackle. Like, absolutely, let's get him on that. Uh -huh. It kind of makes that easier if you're already suggesting what you could be doing, as opposed to, hey, want to hire me? Like... It, it maybe opens it up a little better. So like in, in your case, if you're like, oh, yeah, you know, we took good photos and stuff like that for your social media, for your whatever. But I think what you really need now is to get, you know, video work or you need to do this or blah, blah, blah. Like, you know what I mean? I, I think if that's yeah. something that I hadn't considered. But if you suggest immediately the next project, they might be more it kind of lowers the threshold on what they have to do to think about what where they would place you. Right. Yeah, I don't think I've ever work. done that before. Yeah, I've I've definitely never done that. I think I'm about to try that. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. We should let's put a pin in this so we remember. Maybe uh, give it a try and uh, come circle back to it.
Yeah, see what happens. And then <laughs> what's funny is that, so he ends the book, people won't take advantage of you unless you let them. Be assertive and don't get into a long-term deal with someone unless you're both comfortable with the agreement. If you're truly valuable and work hard, you, they'll have more to lose by not taking care of you than you will f- by working for free. Mm-hmm. And that, my friends, is how you become a recession-proof graduate. And then the book just sort of ends. <laughs> like that's just, and then it just sort of ends. And then it just ends, and it's it is what it is, and it's yeah. all it needs to be. I mean, he goes with the Costanza method and leaves on a high note. You got to appreciate that. Yep. So uh, overall, what do you think? Overall, I think what it is, it's I think it's an eye opener for younger people yeah or people with this mindset that's you know it's not the 60s anymore the 50s where you know dad works all day and mom's at home cooking dinner it's it's a new world and you can do things you want to do and it's okay to want to do extraordinary things uh, things outside of the box and make a living off of it yeah no i mean yeah I I 100% agree. I think that, you know, the economy, you know, has changed. Education has changed. Technology has vastly changed. So, like, a lot of the work that used to be there 20 years ago does not exist because it's automated. Mm -hmm. And that will continue to happen. So what this kind of enforces is, first and foremost, figure out what you actually want to do. Then figure out how you can get skilled in that, how you can, you know, do that. Start to show your value by doing it for free and then eventually transition. I mean, it's of course simpler saying it than it actually is in real life, but maybe it, the principles don't have to be any more difficult than that. I don't think they do. Yeah. I think we just tend to overcomplicate things because things can never be easy. Right. You know, we want to do this. We want to do that. I was going to take this. It's going to take that, but does it really like what, what, what do you really need down? At, like there's probably three steps to everything. <laughs> right. If you, if you really break things down. Yeah. It's probably three steps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and, I, we just tend to overcomplicate everything. No. And that's kind of the thing. That's why this sort of uh, inadvertently ended up being such a perfect uh, kind of not last, but second to last episode for this season, so to speak. Uh, because I do kind of want to make some radical changes next season. Uh-huh. Or assuming the next season revolves around my life and <laughs> starts at the same time that I'm talking about. I actually don't know. Of course it does. Of course it does. But uh Copernicus. <laughs> but that it it kind of leads me into uh sort of the the, the unknown steps. Well, the unknown the but also zone. It, it broke down the steps for me in a way that I know that I would overcomplicate if I was doing it personally. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think for uh, college grads or people who are trying to make a uh, career transition, I think uh, the recession-proof graduate, it's a real quick read. Seriously, it will not, you know, uh, take too much time. So, you know, what do you have to lose? Yeah, for those of us that are slightly older, there's some uh, steps in here that I've never thought of before, and they're like the missing key, I think, the missing steps to get yeah. across that pond. Yeah, definitely. So... Uh, I mean, yeah, go, go read it. Way, way, way to end it there, Tish. <laughs> go that, read it. <laughs> that's that's a solid ending <laughs> sentence. Way to sum it up. I'm not good at a, a closing line. Yeah. 
episode <laughs> episode 49 still not good at closing lines still not good at closing <laughs> thank you for listening to creativize strategize and synergize if you're listening to us on apple podcasts please subscribe share and leave a rating we'd really appreciate it you can find chris on social media using the handle at elephant scout you can find me with at Atish Mazish. And finally, you can follow the podcast on Twitter with at CSS Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at cscottcreate.com. Thank you so much.